Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA. I am your host, Travis Reed. And today, this is going to be the next couple. Uh, episodes will probably be mostly about our UCLA nationally ranked fourth fourth ranked nationally team men's basketball team UCLA Bruins NCAA tournament. Um, we're the season is coming to an end. We are at the home stretch, people, and I think that UCLA has an opportunity. And when I say opportunity, because March Madness is exactly what it is, madness. They have an opportunity to do something special this year. I think there there is no dominant team. They're good teams. Uh, Houston's a good team. Alabama's a good team. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with their best player, uh, Brandon Miller. Houston's a good team. Uh, there are good teams. Kansas is a good team, but there's no dominant teams this year. So UCLA's number four. Uh, I think they have an opportunity to really do well. But what we're going to talk about over these next couple of weeks is – um, we're going to, we're going to, uh, today we're going to talk about obviously the two big road victories versus Utah and Colorado, uh, and also talk about their next two games versus, uh, the, obviously the games of the season versus Arizona, Arizona state and the big one against Arizona. Um, and then we're going to, uh, next week, we're going to be talking about, uh, after these two games, this week, we're going to review the PAC 12, uh, season. We're going to review the season so far, and then we're going to get into the tournament brackets and things like that, where they're going to be seated. Uh, I really think that they have an opportunity to do something special, like I said. And I've told you before, if they win out, what I mean is that they win these next two games, they beat Arizona, beat Arizona State, and then they, uh, if they win a Pac-12 champion, they're a one seed, period. It won't be, it'll be undeniable. Now, if they say they beat Arizona at home like they did last year, then lose to Arizona in the Pac-12 championship, which is entirely possible, uh, I think they still end up a two seed at the bare minimum. I don't think they go to a three seed unless they lose these next two and then lose in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament, which I don't think they'll happen. So if they do uh, win these next two games, they'll be 27 and four going into the Pac-12 tournament, um, probably ranked top three in the country because I think if they beat Arizona, they'll leapfrog Kansas and be number three. And, you know, in Alabama, I don't know if they leapfrog them to two, but they'll definitely leapfrog them to three um, at twenty at 27 and four, you know. So I think that we have to give Coach Cronin. I think Coach Cronin should be in the national coach of the year. I mean, to be honest, he lost – he lost almost as, you know, he lost three of his starters. He lost a lot last year. Think about it, you know. Uh, he lost both his big men, Riley and Johnson. He lost um, he lost his shooting guard and Jules Bernard. He lost the other shooting guard, you know, and, and now I'm just, my name is Blake. But, you know, you know, the, the, shooting, the shooting guard, uh, all Pac-12. You know, so and he surprisingly lost Perry Watson. You know, like that was kind of a shocker to me. I always felt like I was like he left and went pro, and then he got drafted in the first round. So I was like, okay, well, I guess he made the decision for him. 
So, um, yeah, so we're going to get into that. And like I said, we're going to get into this season. Uh, you know, we're going to finish the regular season and, and the Pac-12 season. So two-thirds is gone. And we're going to get into the Pac-12 tournament that's coming up in Vegas uh, at the T-Mobile Center uh, from the, I believe, the 7th to the 11th. And we're going to get into... Uh, we're going to get into, like I said, uh, and, you know, we'll get into a little bit of the Combine, not necessarily in this episode, but in upcoming episodes, because the Combine is coming, obviously coming up. But I wanted to focus today strictly on the, the men's basketball team because they are doing something special. Uh, first of all, I want to give a congratulations to Nick Corona as coach uh, and UCLA men's basketball team for being Pac-12 champs, first time since 2013, which is like a decade, you know? It's a decade since they won the Pac-12. And I didn't even realize. I was like, man, it's been a decade. They, they, you know, they won in 2013, the Pac-10 regular season. So thank you, Arizona State. <laughs> but even though that UCLA is already Pac-12 champion, you don't want to lose to Arizona State and Arizona. You want to go out, you know, killing, because you owe Arizona uh, a, a win, you know? They're going to be still coming out guns blazing, even though UCLA is already champion. They want to show UCLA they can't beat them. Uh, so that's why they're going to definitely come out guns blazing in these next, like I said, these next two games are just as important if they was going for the Pac-12 championship. You know, it's it's about focus. It's about playing your best basketball at the end of the season. You always want to go into the tournament with a big signature win. It's always a good thing, good thing for morale, good thing for, you know, your team. Um, I remember when I, my freshman year at UCLA, when we went to the Sweet 16, uh, we beat Louisville at home and, uh, we beat Louisville at home and, you know, like that was our, another big signature win for us right before the tournament. And then we turned that into a Sweet 16 berth and beating, uh, Miami at the time and then beating, uh, tractor trailer, got rest of soul in Michigan. You go to the Sweet 16 and losing to Kentucky, the eventual champion. But yeah, so you always gotta want to have the big. I mean, Arizona's Arizona. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just those are the these are the games that legends are made of. Period. Uh, Arizona's top ten, UCLA's top five. I mean, this is what big games are made of. This is rivalry game, rivalry week. Now you can't you know do a backup against Arizona State and like lose Arizona State or something like that trying to focus on Arizona. You got to keep rolling. Um, like I said, UCLA has a chance to be a one seed in the tournament. All they got to do is win five games. You win five games, you're a one seed. Period. And so we're going to get into this, you know, this last this last week's uh, games uh, against Utah and against uh Colorado, which were two very tough games, especially the one against Colorado. But we'll first talk about that. We'll talk. We'll talk about the one against Utah first. Pretty much, it was a very, very tough game. I felt, you know, even though Utah shot the ball terrible in the first half, I was like, "Yeesh!" You know, they 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 couldn't hit the side of a barn, you know, in that first half. And UCLA, you know, like I said, took advantage of it. You know, played well. Obviously, Jaime Hawkins had, had the you know player the game, and what what I when Nick Corona said he's 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 going to be a ten and twelve year vet. That's what he said. But um, to be honest, like Jaime started to separate himself. 
as the player of the year in the conference. I don't think it's a question now. I think the fact that they're Pac-12 champs, he's the best player on the best team. It's only a two-guy race. I think that it, it could come down to Saturday's game against Arizona. But I feel like Jaime's done enough to just be, you know, play the year unless he stinks it up terrible and they blow him out and dude has 45 or something like that from Arizona, the big left and the guy, I can't think of his name. But um, if unless he does that to Jaime and like they just destroy him, Jaime should be player of the year in the, in the conference, you know, and uh, I think that that's big for UCLA. And, um having a player of the year in the conference. And like I said, Jaime, this is the reason why Jaime came back to UCLA, to be the guy. And he is the guy. You know, they go through him. Like I told you, if he's the guy, then they're going to win. They're gonna If he's the guy, if he's like trying to be passive and sh- not shoot like six, seven, eight times and try to like be that point forward type, they're not going to win. They're not going to beat the great teams, period. For them to go to national championship final four, he has to be the guy. Point blank, period. The offense runs through him. I think Nick Cronin is starting to see it because if you notice what's happening with the offense, when they struggle, they go through him. And when, you know, if he can't get the ball in the post, they're double teaming him, he'll just put him at the top and go, well, let him go one-on-one from the top of the from the top of the key. And so, like, he's going to make he's going to make a pass or a shot. And I think that that's smart by uh, Coach Cronin. Like, he's doing well. He's, he's basically showing how okay is for what he is is the total best player in the Pac-12 and one of the best players in the country, period. I said, like I said, he's the matchup nightmare that nobody wants to see. And I think that if he continues to do what he's doing, he could be in the running for national play of the year. Now, will he get it? Probably not. I think there's some guys from different teams, maybe Tomei from Gonzaga, not even him, but I don't know. Like I said, you know, I think that, you know, it could be a, a, a slew of different people, but He's in the running, which is, you know, uh, tremendous. And like I said, he was uh, 23 points, eight rebounds in this game against Utah. Like I said, Utah started off, you know, ridiculously. They were like, they didn't hit a three. I thought they was over 10 or something in the first half. They didn't really shoot well at all. They only scored 31 points. Um, you know, like I said, they were struggling to score. You know, UCLA was up 12, 40. 43 to 31, but and then Utah kind of started hitting threes and brought it all the way back. Because you said they was up pretty pretty comfortably, and all Utah did was start hitting the shots. You know, they really just started hitting their shots in the second half. And they even outscored UCLA 40 to 35. Um I thought, like I said, he was, you know, Jaime was aggressive, you know, in the, you know, like I said, with the 23 points, eight rebounds. Um you know, Utah was led by a guy off the bench. Mike Sanders had 25 points uh, for Utah. Uh, and so they played hard, and they played very hard. They caught up UCLA, took the lead at one point. Um, but Jaime, like I said, down the stretch, it was giving it to him. I think that he, uh, you know, like, you know, he just took over the game. Like I said, Utah brought it close. They brought it even to 59-62. They brought it down to three, and like I said, I think you know it's it's weird when it comes to that. It's like when we get in trouble. Okay, fine. in a way, find Jaime, pick and roll with Jaime, Jaime from the top, Jaime from the post, uh, whatever the case is, you know, get the ball to Jaime, and I think that that's a great, great uh, motto. Um, UCLA's defense, even though they gave up seventy-one points, was great. 
Um, you know, I think that UCLA, uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. Like they have a tremendous shot blocker in Boa who is physical and they play hard. They play together. They know their roles for the most part. Um, I think they have a defensive player, a national defensive player of the year uh, on the team in Clark. I think Clark could be a defensive player of the year, like a national defensive player, because he's a he's a Swiss Army knife when it comes to defense. He guards bigs, he guards guards, you know, he gets steals, he leads the Pac-12 in steals. Um, you know, with Jaime right behind him, you know, Jaime's about to, you know, like the company, just let's go back to Jaime. Jaime's about to be in a company with like Lou Alcindor and Kareem Jabbar and Bill Walton. If you're in that kind of company, you're up there. You know, he's like the first guy to be like top 10 in points and top 10 in steals. Who has that as a big man? <laughs> so I think that, you know, this is why Jaime came back. This is why he tried to be compete for a national championship. Um, You know, I think, you know, what happened was, you know, you UCLA took in you know what the what Utah gave them you know so they can they consistently score from mid range in this game uh, even in the you know even when they couldn't score a little bit they took care of the ball and had six turnovers um, you know where like you know like they're just they don't turn the ball over uh, Utah had a determined effort like I said. And they they had a lot of hustle, a lot of grit. And they played hard in front of their home crowd. Uh, you know, and like I said, uh, Clark, you know, Utah did have their top, their big man back. He came back. They were missing the guards, but they got their big man back. The one that didn't play uh, against UCLA at UCLA. And so, like I said, I think they made a game of it, you know, but I also think that, uh, you know, it was the senior days. Uh, you know, Tiger had 18 and, and Jaime had 23. But this game, I thought uh, UCLA's bench was great. You know, like I said, Tiger and Jaime, the two seniors had, you know, 41 points combined. You know, they shot five for five for five for six from the three. You know, like they it played great, you know. Um, shot efficiently. Jaime was 10 for 15, Tiger was six for 12, but the freshman freshman came in. They, you know, Andrews came in, had 10 points, you know, hit a three, scored points. Like he came in and played well. Amari Bailey didn't have a good game, even though he played 30, 30 minutes, had said just seven points. Uh Boa. You know, got in foul trouble. Just he, what's going to hurt is if he gets in foul trouble against a team that with size. They need you. See, they need him in, and he can't. The Boa does. I love Boa, but he does dumb fouls. He reaches. He tries to you know tries to do reach and steals, and he gambles too much, and so he he costs him. So he can't play the game whole game because he always is in foul trouble. So, you know, he had like just six point seven rebounds. Uh, Mario Bailey just had seven points, and Clark didn't really have. He was four for four for eight. They played a lot of minutes, but just you know, had five assists, three rebounds, you know, nine points. So you know, 
I think the team is rounding into form because I think they're starting to see the roles like Tiger and, and Jaime are the guys, and then everybody else kind of play off of that. Um, you know, Bailey's the kind of wild card. Bo is same, but Bo controls the paint. Um, but like I said, Andrews, I, it was a he had the game. Dylan Andrews came in, had big game, hit threes, hit mid range jumpers, scored the bucket really efficiently, scored it well. I was really proud of the kid. Really proud of them. I was like, yes, you know, he only played about, you know, 10 minutes and he ended up scoring 10 points. So, um, you know, like I said, like he played great. You know, he played great this game. I was really happy for him. Um, They're going to need him. Trust me. They're going to need Dylan Andrews down the stretch of these games. They're going to need him in the tournament. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Tiger gets in foul trouble or something like that. They're going to need him. They're going to need his defense. Because when you get in this tournament, it's a battle of nutrition. Now, everybody gets the same amount of rest. But, like, if you come back, let's just say, for example, UCLA plays, uh, you know, like they play a first-round, you know, easy game, and you know, and then they end up playing an eighth seed. They have to end up playing like a Kentucky. This is – I know they already played Kentucky in a year. But let's just say Kentucky is an eighth seed. And they end up playing Kentucky in the second round to get to Sweet 16. And that's what kind of, you know, you're going to have to play a tough team or St. Mary's or something like that, you know. Like, you're going to have to play a tough team. And then to say you get to Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, you're going to have to play like a Tennessee, you know, and then a Baylor again, or a Baylor and then a Kansas, you know, or a Baylor and then a Gonzaga. It just kind of like you're going to have to play tough games. Don't get me wrong, there will be some upsets. But when you get to that Elite Eight Final Four, you're going to have to win, period. Now, if they're a two seed, you know, uh, let's not put them in a bracket with Alabama or Houston. Put them in a bracket with Kansas. I think they could beat Kansas. I think they could beat Alabama and Houston, but it'd be much more tougher than them being Kansas. I think they'd beat Kansas by 15, 20. That's just me, I think. You know, they have the right kind of team that Kansas can't match up with. Kansas has no answer for Miami Hawkins, zero. Uh, but like you know, like I said, we're we're we'll talk about that you know in the following episodes once the brackets come out. Um, but like I was just get back to the game, you know, like I said, Jaime and Tiger did you know did their work, and like I said, everybody kind of just fit around that. They shot shot really good from the three, eight for fifteen. I uh, shot fifty three percent, fifty percent from the field. Uh, they shot really well. I thought. Like I said, you know, they held Utah to 26% from the three. The Utah at one point was like 0 for 11 from the three. They didn't really shoot good. Nobody really shot good from the three except for Sanders. He was three for six. They were six for 21 from the three at 28%, and they was only 43% from the two. So they didn't really shoot the ball well at all. And like I said, UCLA won it. Close game, like I said, they, they fought back, and they made it close and tough down the stretch. But UCLA kind of closed it out. Like I said, what what you say they do, what they do, is like when things get close, okay, let's find a way to get it to Jaime. So I think that's what they did. And like I said, they finished the game out. In the win of our seven. Uh, in the win of our seven. And then that's the game. You know, winning the game, you know, against Utah. Utah 17 and 12. Can Utah get in the tournament? They would have to probably go out there and run. They got to get to 20 wins. There is... Four teams, I believe, get in automatically from the Pac-12. 
uh, which is UCLA, SC, Arizona, Arizona State. Let's just say UCLA and Arizona gets in as big seeds. Uh, SC gets in as one of those, you know, last four in teams, those 11 seeds. Arizona State gets in, you know, as just a team, like 11 seed as well. So that's what's pretty much going to happen, I think, in my opinion. Um, now, UCLA wins, and now they're, they were 15-2 and two at that time. Let's go fast forward to Saturday's game, or Sunday's game, actually. But UCLA got a break because on Saturday's game, it was rivalry week uh, for Arizona. And they ended up playing Arizona State. And Arizona State did UCLA the biggest of favors. Arizona State, you know, um, beat Arizona. (laughs) And if you just Google this game, it's one of the best shots you'll see to win a game in, in, in college history. It was a three, like Arizona scored a layup with like, was it three seconds left? Arizona State's down by two with three or three seconds left. They throw it in to a person on the run. Three, two, one, heave from half court, swish. Arizona State wins uh, wins the game. And they stun Arizona in Arizona uh, to make them, you know, lose. And like I said, I was I was shocked. I was shocked. I watched the game like, oh, so what that happened, what that means, what that meant was UCLA, all UCLA had to do was win, win their game against Colorado and they beat Pac-12 champs for the first time since 2013. And guess what? That's what made the pressure because Colorado is always tough to play on the road. They've beaten a lot of good teams, even though they had a 15 or 14 record. Colorado was tough to win. You know, it was tough to win at Colorado always. Colorado got some talent. Uh, you know, they got some talent, you know, that, you know, I think it was a situation where, you know, you still knew it was going to be a tough one because to win on the road, I've told you, to win on the road is always tough. Because teams in you know in, in college is always tough. So you say they won, you know, 60, 60 to sixty to you know fifty six. They were down pretty much the whole first half. Uh they were down ten at one point. UCLA shot it terrible from the three. They were awful. They it was one for thirteen at one point. It was so bad that I was like, man, I don't know if it's gonna be meant to be. I mean, they were one for 14 from the three. One for 14. <laughs> it broke their streak of, I think, 281 games I saw on TV of always hitting two threes. It was 281 games. That's like six seasons. And they were one for 14. And the person that hit the one was Tiger. Nobody really shot it as well. They were left, you know, obviously led by their player of the year. And Jaime Hawkins had 17 points. He shot efficiently, 7-14, five rebounds, a couple of assists. You know, he he played decent. I think that they, everybody played kind of shaky. Tiger had 14 points uh, off of five for 12 shooting. So not good, not that good, but six rebounds, uh, three assists. You know, had a you know, decent net game. Bailey was four for eight, had 11 points. Really got in foul trouble, Bailey. Bailey and Bo both foul trouble. Bailey, you know, had eight points. And uh, seven rebounds. 
he played 28 minutes, but he was in foul trouble for the most part. Clark didn't really play well. Clark, 3-4-11, had eight points. Shot over three from the three. Didn't really play. He, he Sometimes Clark gets frustrated with his scoring, and then he starts to force things and takes that not, not so smart shots. But this was a slugfest. It just really was. It was a slugfest. I mean, not to say that Colorado shot that much better than UCLA. This is They were 7 for 22 at 31%. But UCLA was just so awful with the 1 of 14. I mean, the funny thing is Colorado shot 31% from the 3 and 33% from the 2. <laughs> so, uh that, you know, like they, you know, it was just a slugfest of a game. Like I said, Colorado was up for the most part. You know, they was up at the half. They was up, you know, pretty much the whole game, to be honest. Um, there was no, like, you know, like, you know, like it wasn't like anything that UCLA want to say. Like there was, they didn't really play that well. But like I said, to get a road win, this is what is, you know, I think that, uh, I'm just happy that they, they what it what what the game meant. The game meant that they were going to they were going to be Pac Pac 12 champs, and like Coach Corner said, it doesn't it doesn't change anything. Our goal, you know, the way it was going to have to win a Pac 12 and try to be able to stay in the West for the NCAA tournament. We got three more games, or we got they got two more games to go. You know, and their home win streak is at 21 games. So they haven't lost at home in a while. And obviously you got the two big ones coming up against Arizona, Arizona State. Um, I'm I'm excited. Like I said, I'm super excited. Uh, because this is this is gonna be, you know, like, you know, for them, like for UCLA to win a Pac-12 championship is great. I just hope they don't let up. You know, that's what I'm a little nervous about. Uh, but like I said, UCLA really struggled in the beginning. You know, they got a, a gritty victory because they're so spectacular on defense. You know, it's one of their, like, it's one of those games that you're going to have to play in a tournament. Let's just say UCLA plays a Michigan State type, you know, physical slowdown team. Or if they, even if they say that UCLA becomes a two seed and is in the same bracket with Houston, against Houston, you will not score. I don't know if people have seen Houston. They are, Calvin has got them, they lock people up and they are physical. They are men. So that would be a great game to see because uh, it'd be two defensive-minded bully coaches. Um, I think what they did, you know, Colorado actually play, had a good game plan. You know, UCLA only scored 60 points. And like I said, I think that, you know, UCLA, you know, like, you know, it was one of those gritty games. Like I said, I think gritty games that you need to win. Uh, you need to win, you know, win in the win in the Pac-12. You survive in advance, survive in advance. That's pretty much it. Um, so like I, you know, like I was saying before, like it was just a great game. Um, it doesn't really mean nothing now. Like I said, like now we're on to Arizona because these are the games of the year. Uh, you can't be think you know dwelling. Oh, we're the Pac-12 champs. And then you get busted, you know, by Arizona, you know, by Arizona, Arizona State. Like you have to go to a message and you know show them that uh, that you're the best. So anyway, uh, like I said, I thought UCLA played hard. It was actually 58-56 with was it 20 seconds left, and Colorado had the ball. Kid went to the basket, point guard, 
Boa comes up, box the shot, smacks it, and then they get you see that gets a breakaway from uh, Bailey to kind of seal the deal. And that was the tournament. That was the game. I was like super happy. I was like, yes, you know, back to back twenty five win seasons for Nick Cronin. First time we see LA. Um, like I said, I just think that like you know they are a team to be reckoned with. UCLA is a team to be reckoned with. They're they're spectacular defensively, but they go through lows. I'm not going to say they don't. They go through lows offensively. Like, for example, they scored 28 points at the half, and they only scored 32 in the second half, so it wasn't like, you know, they scored a lot of points. Um, You know, it's just that they held Colorado to 32 or 30 at the half and then 26 in the second half, so Colorado didn't have any bigs. You know, their big was eh. And so they they went small and, like I said, shot threes. And, you know, like I said, it was a super close game. And it was a gritty performance from a gritty team, gritty coach. I love it. I love this team. You know, I just love their heart and determination. And so it's that time. It's all that time we've been waiting for, UCLA fans. It's that time for us to do something, you know. And so 25 after the win against Colorado to go 25 and four. Uh they go to 25 and four. And you know, like I said, you know, like they packed 12 champs for the first time in a decade. So we go to the games of the year. Now UCLA cannot sleep against Arizona State. Arizona State is coming off a huge win at Arizona at the buzzer. So they're not, they're not, they're, they're not, they don't care. You know, they want to be spoiled. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, with this time. UCLA beat them by 12 at Arizona State. But remember, Arizona State was had them in an up-and-down game. You know what Arizona State's about. They want to go fast-paced, score a lot of points. UCLA wants to control, you know, control the time, control the, you know, time clock and all that. Go through Jaime and just beat you up. Um, Arizona State is led by, you know, Desmond Cambridge at like 14 points a game, shooting 41% from the field. And you see this obviously led by the player of the year, Jaime Hawkins, averaging 17 points a game, shooting almost 50% and 75% from the free throw. Um, I'm excited for the game Thursday. I just, this is, this is a game we can't sleep on because, you know, obviously you got the big one against Arizona. Um, but you can't sleep on what Arizona State does. They're going to press you. They're going to full court press you. So UCLA is going to have to uh, be great with the basketball. They can't be turning the ball over. And if they just be great with the basketball, don't turn the ball over and attack the press and finish around the basket, I think they should win. They should win, like you know, comfortably about 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 ten points. About ten points, I think so. But I'm excited. Like I said, I'm super excited for that game because I think uh, like, you know, it's going to be a tough game, but they're going to have to fight and get through it. But, you know, they win. They win. Now, game of the year, baby. You know, I don't care if it's not for the Pac-12 championship. I don't care. Arizona is only one game lost kind of behind UCLA. They're 24 and five. All their losses comes from the Pac-12. Remember, Arizona has a stupid resume and that's, you know, like their resume is ridiculous. You know, they beat Tennessee, they beaten, you know, they beaten a lot of good teams this year. Uh, you know, where UCLA doesn't have necessarily like those kind of signature wins. You know, they beat Tennessee, they beat San Diego State. Um, these are tournament teams, you know. 
And I think uh, it's going to be a situation where, you know, they're going to, you know, just, you know, it's just two powerhouses and what it should be. It should be Arizona number eight, UCLA number four at home. Like these are the game where legends are made. This is a game for men. And like I said, Arizona has their guy. Uh, I don't want to mess up his name. Tubalus. He's averaging, you know, he's averaging like 20 and 10, pretty much 20 and nine. He's, Averaging 19.6, basically 20 points a game, shooting 58% from the field. I got obviously versus Jaime. This that is the game. Period. That is the game. Uh Tiger handling the pressure, but it's Jaime versus him. This is the game for play of the year in the conference. Period. I'm ex- so excited. I have you have no idea. I've been waiting for this game since Jaime started killing. And like I said, I feel like this is the game where Jaime shows that why I'm the, he's the best. Like, I'm going to show you I'm the best dude in this conference, period. And like I said, I hope that he's just aggressive from the start. It's senior day. It's the last home game of the season. It's Arizona number eight. It's UCLA number number four. Let's go, baby. I'm sorry. I'm already I'm ready to play the game right now. <laughs> I'm ready to play the game right now. So, uh, you know, Saturday night, let's say, like I said, these next two wins, they will put UCLA at 27-4. They leapfrog. Kansas to go to number three, uh, then the Pac-12 championship, Pac-12 tournament. We'll talk about that next, you know, next uh, next show. Talk about the Pac-12 tournament and the, you know, preview the NCAA, uh, you know, brackets. They won't be out next week. They'll be out, I think, the following week uh, because they got the Pac-12 tournament. What we'll, we'll, we'll do is we'll review uh, the season, you know, so far, preseason and Pac-12 season. And now they got one of their goals, which is to be Pac-12 champs. And now we're going to review the season, which has a lot of ups, you know, 14-game winning streaks. Uh, you know, lows in the beginning, they lost to back-to-back games to Illinois and Baylor. But look at Baylor. Baylor's top 10. Baylor's like number six in the country, seven. Uh, so, yeah, uh, losing to Baylor's not bad. That's a good win. But we'll go over their schedule kind of like game by game. And we'll talk about, you know, how they got to their 20, hopefully 27 and four mark, their Pac 12 championship mark. And then, like I said, we'll talk about the Pac 12 tournament. They already got their bye as the number one seed. So they're already done with that. All they got to do is come in and win a couple games and they're, you know, in the Pac 12 championship. You know, I think they get a double bye. I'm not sure. I know the first four teams, which is easy UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, SC, they all get buys. Uh, you know, but SC is going to have to play quarterfinals, semis, finals. Uh, UCLA, I think, just pay UCLA in Arizona just pays, I think, just semis and finals. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't don't quote me on that. I have to double check. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, and we'll talk about obviously a little bit of the combine. Like I said, we have to talk about it because it's coming up, and whose players is you know coming in. Uh, whose players, you know, doing the combine? Is anybody throwing? Like you said, it's pro day. Got to find out some more information about that. Uh, so I'll keep you posted on that. But like I said, like right now, we're just focusing a lot on the basketball because it's coming towards the end of the season. UCLA's Pac-12 champs. They had the big week this week against Arizona State in Arizona. Uh, Senior day, Arizona, number eight, number four, Arizona State, big, you know, number three in the conference. So, Big week, big week, big week. All right. So I want to thank y'all for listening. Um, appreciate it. 
we're gonna keep I'm gonna keep cranking out these episodes for y'all. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it, keep grinding, keep growing, and uh, you know, just keep going. You know, let's go UCLA all the way to the final four, baby. Maybe, you know, uh I might have like a episode, like a UCLA episode where I bring a former a former Bruin on. Um, so we could talk about their run to the tournament or whatever the case is. And, you know, maybe something like that, man or woman. So we'll see. You know, if I can get somebody on there, I think I would love to bring somebody on there to talk about the tournament and the college season for UCLA. So, and, you know, US, UCLA, or SC, either or. So thank y'all for listening. You can follow me at Travis W. Reed uh, on Instagram. It's R E E D, Travis W. And Travis W. Reed on Facebook. I post both my, uh, all my social medias on those. I have my link tree on my Instagram page. So like I said, please like, share, and subscribe uh, the show. And like I said, just keep passing it on. And we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep growing. And we're going to keep grinding. You see it like. Let's go, Bruins. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.